Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. This is Three Pagans and a Cat. I'm Carr. You may call me Ode. <laughs> Marry me. My name is Gwyn. And our special guest this time is Kenya, who we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, waving, waving on yeah, a podcast does not help. Yes, it is Kenya. It is, it is I. It is Kenya. It is the Cthulhu one. <laughs> and we talk about Kenya all the time. Part of the reason why I have the job I have is yes, due to Kenya money and money Kenya. magic. There's no proof of that. <laughs> There's never proof that magic did anything. Which reminds me, if the person is listening who got the gold dollar, remember what I told you. That's all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very narrow casting. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll know who they they'll are. They'll know exactly who they are, yep. and they know that they are to give it to someone who is in need, mm-hmm. not just spend it. Yep. I mean, the, the whole dollar thing was, we. I got it here last year. Was uh, it convocation? At Convocation, yeah, which is the first time I had ever met Kenya. When we walked into the hotel Wednesday, I was like, this is the table I met Kenya at last year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she gave me this dollar because I was unemployed, and it sat in my wallet, and it sat in my wallet, and it sat in my wallet, and it sat in my wallet. And then in April, I was like, well, I should, I, spend, I this. should spend this. And I did. And like a less than a week later, I got a job offer. So... <laughs> Well, maybe you were just unblocking the flow. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and about, well, about what you do. Your path. Your path. How'd you get here? How'd you get here? I was born in a van down by the river. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's see. I have been studying about magic since I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Because I was in Detroit off Seven Mile. And I went to Lincoln Branch Library. And I love to read. I mean, I could read before I went to school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they you go to the library, you get dropped off, they let you read whatever you want. In a good library. In so, a good library. Well, that was when we had good libraries. And I'm sure we still do now, but they did close it. And the funny thing about when they closed Lincoln Branch Library is that the witches and the ministers in the community tried to lock themselves to the front of the door. Wow. But the ministers didn't know they were witches. It's just that they were uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to lock themselves into the door. And one of the librarians was a witch, flat out. Because she's the one who first gave me the book from Scott Cunningham. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. She yeah. did this because the books that I was reading, she had concerns about. When I was eight, I was reading things about herbal healing and things. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Cunningham. But then I moved forward to other things. So as she noticed that, you know, I was reading things about science and, and Buckland, you know, Buckland's book and she was fine with it because it's in the reference section, you know, because mm-hmm. I borrowed stuff so much, it became reference. And, you know, <laughs> but, but when she noticed that I picked up these lovely books on demonology, she's like, oh, let me help you. And she just kind of moved <laughs> away. And she was like, here, let's read this. And it was like, okay. So, you know, I started learning about other things like Starhawk and mm-hmm. things like that. Mind you, I'm not in high school yet at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but she kind of put me on that path. My parents, you know, the ones that raised me, because I have two sets of parents. And it's a very odd thing that my family does. Very few of us actually raise our own children. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, probably why I went to family life education. But 
I, I wound up with a family that practices magic on the down low, being given up by a family that practices a different brand of magic on the down low. Mm. But my biological father, because my family's matrifocal, my biological father was a black magician as well, and I wasn't raised with him at all. So it's like, I'm just messed up all the way around. I have no chance. And, and I wanted to be a nun, and it just didn't work when I found you can't do magic. And I was like, oh, well, that's not <laughs> Because I saw that, you know, they, they perform miracles. Like, this sounds really great. And I get to wear this really cool costume, this really cool wimple thing. And my, they're like, you're not Catholic. You can't go. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's basically the young time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in trouble in the fifth grade because I told everybody I was a witch. And... Uh, <laughs> Then I got in trouble in high school, middle school, because I told everybody I was a witch. <laughs> and I got in trouble in high school because I told everybody I was a witch. Okay. Yep, you were claiming it. Went to junior college, told everybody I was a witch. Went to the university, wrote a paper about, because I was in a cult at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I was in this like, little Muslim cult where they practice witchcraft. And I told everybody I was a Muslim witch. <laughs> then I got rid of the cult, and I'm still a witch. It's like, I keep trying to like find something that's not witchy, but it just doesn't work because I'm still going to do spells. Right. They have really good potluck, and I will change my religion for potluck depending on the quality. <laughs> I told people this. That, that's why when I, I did my first Black Moon Grove, uh, my own tradition, which is a Black Moon tradition, I wound up, the first thing that they had to do um, to, to finish their final exam so to say, they had to do the blood feast because this was all just an excuse. You went through this whole year journey of magic and sorcery and, and scholarship just so that Kenya could have a pop. <laughs> <laughs> all about you invoked everything in the world just so I could eat spaghetti. Mm-hmm. But, I, but it was no spaghetti because I don't eat spaghetti because I practice with you and I don't eat spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> root worker. I'm very, I do root work. I don't want to claim root worker. I, I do root work and I do hoodoo, which is different. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't want to claim that because to me, my standard is not the standard that I see. My father, my daddy, who raised me, was born in 1913. My mom was raised in 1927. Was born in 1926. And their definition of a root worker or a two-head woman or a conjure woman is different than it is now. Right. And I say that to say, my daddy, they were in the woods and um, somebody put an axe through their foot. So they took the, the man to the root worker, to the woman, and she put her hand over it and it healed and it was just a, a scar. Mm. I'm talking about that, like not two days from now. I mean, she put her hand over it, the blood stopped and it knitted together. So there was a scar to be healed, obviously. Right. It wasn't this giant gash. Mm. That's my standard. So I'm not there. So I can't claim that that's what I truly am. Until I get there, I'm not going to do that. Right. People can call themselves what they want, and I respect that there are root workers who will never get to that level, and that's not a normal level. But unfortunately for me, mm-hmm. that's the standard that was passed down to me. Right. I can't. I can't whisper thrush out of the baby's mouth by words. Right. You know, so to me, um, I'm going by people who were raised at the time when it was strong and it wasn't on the internet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can I ask for, you know, for myself, but also for our listeners, is there a definition that you would give for what a root worker is or, or how you would define a root worker? Well, for me, and I'm going to put that, that disclaimer out and that caveat out for me, understand this is me saying this. <laughs> mm-hmm. A root worker is someone, it's not just about 
knowing how to work roots for magic. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to know how to heal with those roots. Mm -hmm. You need to know how to harm with those roots. And it's not just roots. It's not just plant material. It can be dirt. It can be resin. It can be an oil. It can be um, alcohol. It can be something that's a chemical that comes from those things. It can be materials that were made, like textiles. You are going to use those things to make these things happen, which is a little bit different than conjure, although, you know, they're very, very close, but it's not quite the same. And one of the things about root work is you have to understand that there's a certain element of animism that comes into it when we work with the, uh, the plants and things. Now, if I were to skip over to, I want to call American herbal, magical herbalism, and I'm going to call it that from Scott Cunningham, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to even talk, I'm not even going to give any kind of credence to the people who say he is an appropriationist because he cites everything he has mm -hmm. learned. Right, yeah. And, and they can go and, and sit on the parsnip and skip. <laughs> but that being said, if I were to skip over to that side, he tells you that the energies and the correspondences and this has a fiery nature, or this is this, or this is under Apollo, yeah, but on my side of it, it's also because that plant is part of a, I guess the word I would use is like a super connected soul thing. Mm -hmm. Sure, yep, yep. So, one, it has its own energy, but it has the energy of all plants that have ever been that. And so you have to learn how to work with those things. And I want to take a moment to say that just because, let's just give an example, the lemon balm doesn't work with you well, then that's just you. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean everybody else is not going to be able to use I'm picking that herb, right. lemon right. balm that way. It's just you. And it might just even be just you for that plant in that city. Right. Mm -hmm. Or maybe even just that plant because you were a jerk. Just that and individual exactly. plant. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. And they know. They know. Because plants can, can sense people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You might not be able to work with it in 1925. And in 1935, you can this right. is an example so you, you have to you know flow you know like I might not like somebody today I, if I were a plan I'm like no I'm not going to do anything for you mm -hmm. and then later on I'm like oh well, they seem okay I'll, I'll work for them mm -hmm. so the root worker can detect these energies the root worker takes the time to learn about the plant and they may not learn just from, from reading a book or they might I mean they might go into some Materia, medical. I'm not gonna get. They might look into <laughs> medical materials, mm -hmm. medical almanacs, and things like that, or they may just sit the knee of someone who knows what they're mm -hmm. talking about right. and pick it up. Mm -hmm. Which is another thing. I'm just gonna tell you right now: if you are less than 50 years old and you start talking to me about how your grandmother or your auntie was black, but you're not, and you start telling me about how they sat you down and taught you all this stuff, I'm going to give you so much side at it. My eyes going to jump <laughs> out of the skull, walk around, get a cigarette, maybe probably some Luckies, you know, from, and, and smoke, and then it's going to jump back in my eye from the other side, travel through my skull, and get back to its original position. Because <laughs> they didn't do that. That's not how you originally learned. Right. You had to pick it up. Mm -hmm. You had to pick it up. And sometimes, I'm not saying this every time, but I have never seen this where somebody can say, I, today I'm going to teach you. That's not what happens. Right. You, you were lucky if you, you caught it. You were lucky. And if you were very lucky, they know that there was something about you and they might take the time out and send you to the woman down the road. And they know that, that woman's a quote unquote reader or that woman's a root worker. Or she may come to the family and say, you know, your child. And then that might happen. But your grandma? No, she didn't. Stop. <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. And I'm going to keep this as PG as possible. That's why I'm trying to 
Oh no, we're we're, we're, we're an explicit podcast, so yep. yeah. There's a, I'm trying to be my better self because I'm up to count number 394 in swear words for the conference, <laughs> and there is a conference. There's a contest going on. I said that you know if they kept if whoever got the closest to the amount of swear words by the end of the convocation today and put it on my wall on my post. They get a prize. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to be cognizant of it. We had three ninety four, right? Right. Okay. So that that just that didn't happen. I will side eye you if you start telling me that you know. Yeah. Um, the other thing is is there's another thing. There's a difference between an, a magical herbalist and a human. The correspondences are not always the same. Mm-hmm. And the usage of the plant material is not always the same. Right. So you have to be careful of that. And you also have to look at where does it grow? Because yes, the doctrine of signatures comes into play, but you need to look at the topography of the land as to where did you find this plant? What grows around it? That'll give you a clue as to the personality of the plant and how you should approach it. You know, so, and that's just, that's from me to you, something I will say out in public. It's, it's important that if you're teaching root work or you're learning root work if you never go outside and touch a plant then I would really question that right mm-hmm. I, I'd really question why even if you're in the city you can find chicory it's on the freeway <laughs> and just looking at how it grows will tell you about it right I mean honestly chicory grows best in disturbed soil that kind of would lend itself to some disturbance has happened right it's probably why it's so good to pull its root up and use it in a certain way to take care of certain kind of retribution for somebody who may have disturbed your peace or disturbed the physical integrity of a loved one. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the specifics. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gwen is a green witch, mm-hmm. so she works with a lot of plants as allies and that but kind of stuff, but but not in a root work way. I was, I was trained to study a plant, to get to know its spirit, and to... Uh, to work with that that plant and know that plant and ask permission from that plant, you know, will you work with me on this particular spell? That's how I approach it. And I will. My granddaddy did teach me how to water witch, but it was uh, that's a little different, yeah, that's though. a little different. <laughs> and because and I was thinking about it, it's like, well, how did that come about? Because I was like probably eleven or twelve visiting him and this my grandma. The farmer? Yeah, this is the farmer. Yeah. Because I can remember them taking me, you know, I would follow them out to the garden. And they and as we were picking peas and as we were they would tell me about how they planted it. Mm-hmm. And what and when and they planted the it. Moon. And you know, and well the moon was full when we did this and blah 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 and you know and and so they told they would as we were working mm-hmm. as I was working beside and them, they would share that up. information with me. I, they picked it up. And one day I was out playing with the dog in the yard, their dog, and I was playing Trixie. with a bunch of sticks. Yeah, Trixie. And uh, I, I was playing with a stick, and I happened to pick up a stick that was forked. And my grandpa was there, and he said, I can show you something to do with that. You want to learn how to find water with that, with with that stick? stick? That's how I find water is with this stick. And so he showed me how to, and I didn't even realize what he was teaching me dowsing. until I, you know, that he was teaching me dowsing until I got into paganism. <laughs> And so, that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. That that is how it happened. Yeah, that is yeah. right. That would be how it would happen. Yeah. It wouldn't be today. We're going to right. sit like no. a sit yeah. down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It was as we were. Yeah. That is how you learn. Is just you know they show you as you're going along. Now, do you think that's something that people who are interested in root work and what that's something that they've lost today? I wouldn't even say that because if you'll notice in the cities, even in the even the concrete jungles. 
if they're starting to pick stuff up like that, their family has a plant in the house. They have something mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that you that you will find somebody on that path that doesn't have something planted. An aloe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be, it'll be something. Mm-hmm. And um, But again, my upbringing is odd because mm-hmm. of the age of my parents. Mm-hmm. Right. I was raised on a block of older people. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't supposed to survive. That was enough of it right there. But mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, I don't believe that um, we have the same link because some things are lost. Mm-hmm. I could probably tell you how to plant by the signs, mm-hmm. which is different than planting by the moon. Mm-hmm. Planting by the moon will be part of it, mm-hmm. but planting by the signs is part of it too. Because you need to know, if I cut this plant during this time of the phase of the moon, but also this time of the planet you know, Jupiter or Mars mm-hmm. being where it is, and these farmers knew this, mm-hmm. they might not have said it like that, they knew it, mm-hmm. they know, this plant's not going to grow again. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Or, But if I cut it this time, it'll definitely come back and it'll be stronger. So that's not something that's needed when they move to the urban area. Mm-hmm. So it may not have, that my may not have followed. May not have followed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate that my parents grew up far- farming. So, mm-hmm. you know, they knew that. They brought it with them during the Great Migration. And that's where you can follow the lines of root work and that particular thing with the migration, the migratory routes, which is another thing that's funny because the migratory routes are reversing right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're reversing right now. So a lot of the, what I call Detroit style magic is actually being imported down south because of the migratory routes reversing. Because Detroit has its own particular flavor because we're an international port. Mm -hmm. And, And it's not quite the same as Louisiana or Chicago or New York is very specifically Detroit flavor. And how would you describe that if somebody, you know, to, to somebody who doesn't know the difference between Detroit magic and Louisiana magic? Well, first, our genus Lovi are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have spirits here, just like everywhere else, there are right. earth spirits, and we get to know the spirits here. Um, because we have a living, thriving indigenous community and indigenous community ties here, mm-hmm. because we have South American people who are indigenous here and, you know, have moved up here through migratory routes because we have a strong African-American and American African, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, community here, not just through ATR, but other traditions. Mm -hmm. And because we also have European-American, Slavic-American and all of these other particular, I hate to say all these other, but these (laughs) other influences to come in, Mm -hmm. we have a very rich tapestry or a rich stew of magics that have integrated over the last 70 to 80 years. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it's no longer purely this is Mississippi root work. It's Mm -hmm. Mississippi root work, but I grew up next door to Hamtramck and I may have some Roma or I may have some Kentucky, you know, Kentuckian, which I'm going to use the word hillbilly because that's what I I grew up saying. And that's how the people in my life identify themselves. As far as I know, it's not a story yet, but by the time the broadcast comes out, (laughs) and when I say hillbilly, I mean the people who were known, um, basically because of the whole myth well not myth but the mythos of sweet williams right you know in the english and and if y'all don't know about that take some time Mind if I hear, here's a movie for you go watch the song catcher it'll help you out so but um because of that that mixed now my family again 
1913. My father, when he got here, he let a lot of people from the mountains and the hills live with him. Mm -hmm. He had his fortunes read often by a Jewish Roma lady mm -hmm. down in Hamtramck next to the Polish people where he used to get fish from the lady's basement. We had the pond in the basement in their court. <laughs> so the magics overlap. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, when I was being raised up, did they want me to practice the magic? Absolutely not. That's not something you teach your child. You have to try to force them to go to church so they'll have an easier life, mm -hmm. at least on the outside. And that way you don't have to worry about them getting involved in stuff that may be bad for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Because mm -hmm. I was, they already knew they had hell. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they had, they had a problem because I could see stuff when I was younger. They would do stuff in the basement. I know they were doing stuff because they had books in the basement. And when I got old enough to understand that, hey, these are diagrams and that scandal, they went away. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, Detroit had its own flavor because of that. Mm -hmm. Also, there's certain things that we picked up here from the indigenous population, mm -hmm. indigenous legends that we kept. Um, one of the things is, one of the most favorite, well, I'm not going to give that out, but... <laughs> I, I had to stop myself because I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm not That's allowed fair. to. That's fair. I'm not allowed to. But what I can say, there is a group that exclusively works with um, a form of animal magic in Detroit in certain areas. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing it for about, I would say I was 74. It was 1974. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And they're doing stuff in a, a specific area. Mm -hmm. The specific area has changed. It's you know, knocked down, come back up. But in that specific area, nothing has changed. In that little, little like half a block radius, mm -hmm. no matter what goes on around there, right. nothing has changed. And they're going to make sure it doesn't change. Right. 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 But that's what, I would, that's what I would call something specific to Detroit. I mean, right. That's what I would do. Belle Isle, as we used to call it, Little Africa, because that's that was the rock that was our you know that's where most of the people had to go because we had no parks when mm -hmm. I was a teenager that had the same allure. Is I'm surprised it hasn't imploded because Belle Isle has so much work buried in it that it is just I'm I don't know how the DNR can survive. I know they had to dig up all those bottles. <sighs> I mean. We used to set fire on Bell Isle. I mean, do work, set fire, drive away. We did it responsibly because we'd be encased in foil, surrounded by sand. Mm -hmm. so right. You know, you, you don't want anything to hurt the island. But right. It, it, Bell Isle is just, I can't even go. I think there's maybe one dang tree on the island <laughs> that's a willow tree that I can go to. The rest of it is just it. The whole island is just it. Yeah. But um, but that would be Detroit, just like the the thing that comes out of the woods on Belle Isle to you. If you want something to go away, mm -hmm. you, you leave it for her. That would be basically Detroit-based magic. Gotcha. But again, not just ge geographically, it's because of the melding of all the different traditions. We use hoodoo, which is a commercialized form of the combination of root works and granny magics and mm -hmm. all kinds of different folk magics package it up in a pretty way to sell to you. We use hoodoo, we use root work, we use conjure, we use herbalism, we use spiritism, we use candle magic, we use Latin American saints sometimes, we use all these things and we put them together as we wish. And it's a little bit different than saying eclecticism because it's not quite that because you'll find by generation to generation the same practice continues. Mm. So it's not that, oh well, this person put this together and it works for them. It's not quite the same. It's this shop has been around for almost a hundred years, and they're going to tell you this is how you do it. Right, it's not going to change. Would you Would you call that syncretism? I would, <laughs> but the problem is it doesn't maintain its integrity throughout the whole city. Okay, mm -hmm. because one shop 
has always done it this way, and another, another shop has always, always done, done it this way. Right. You know, some of them will tell you to put your enemy's name in your shoe under your under your left shoe, mm-hmm. in your inside, so you can step on them, mm-hmm. dominate them. And the other one's going to tell you the right foot. And then you're going to say, well, why is it the right foot? It's not supposed to be the right foot. Well, they told you wrong. It's this foot. Mm-hmm. And then they might be in a witch war, because we have a lot of shops that are at war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> so it really comes down, you know, to that. I mean, there are shops that when they dress a candle for you, the only reason their candle dress is taking is because of the momentum of belief that you have that it's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of them are dressing it, it looks like they're not doing anything, and they've just probably patched your candle with enough power to light up, you know, Kansas City. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, and we tell people that all the time, like, uh, even in our class, we talked about tools of the trade. So, you know, a wand, a bowling, a, a athame. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we said, you know, if you buy one, you need to cleanse it and charge it and all that kind of stuff. Unless, <laughs> unless you buy it from arts and craft, because we know arts and craft. And so we know, we can tell you from our experience that it's going to come good. Well, you ain't got to tell me that about Paul. Right, yeah. right, right. Paul's already, Paul's energy is all up in that thing. Don't touch it. Just leave it alone. I think that's true. Just take advantage of all the energy he's just Paul smith. put up in that. Yeah, right, he's yeah. A smith. Yeah, exactly. He's doing everything, and he's an artisan. He um, he brings those things to to literal he, life. He yeah. Does. But I think that's true of a lot of things. I think, you know, people who handcraft candles that you purchase for, for spell work. The, you know, athames and, <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> if it's a reputable person who has brought their art and their skill into the creation of this object, then I would think you can use it in your work as long as it's, you know, someone who Maybe. you know their, their right. skill. Right. I, I, think, I, think, I think you have to, either you have to know from personal experience, yeah, you have to get good. or you have to talk to somebody you trust mm-hmm. enough yeah. who's had personal experience with that. Yeah. You can't just randomly buy stuff oh, because... Yeah. It's a big name yeah. or whatever, agreed. and then expect it to work. Yeah, agreed. Sometimes, though, it's a big name for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. yes. And sometimes it's a big name because everybody's always used it. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, there's this big thing. People are, are always slamming Anariva products because Anariva is no longer alive. Yeah. And Anariva's products are mostly perfume dye and other things like that. They're, there's a lot of synthetics. Um, that comes down to a disconnect. It's kind of like a generational disconnect mm-hmm. almost because, okay, yeah, she's not here. Yeah, you might not agree with a lot of stuff. Yeah, some of her stuff is kind of like, you know, sketchy. But by that same, you know, if you flip that coin over, that also comes back to what were you taught by? Were you taught by a book mm-hmm. or were you taught by someone who practices? Because if you were taught by somebody who practices, Nine times out of ten, if I see some oil, no matter who it's from, it's probably got something else in it other than what came with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never supposed to use Anariva products without putting something. I'm not advertising for them. <laughs> without, you had to put your own stuff in there. Right. So yeah. really, what are you paying for? Mm-hmm. You're paying for the name, and you're paying for the momentum of belief behind this brand and the possibility and probability that there's some sort of synthetic form of the original content inside of there and if you have momentum of belief you can make that synthetic form work for you mm-hmm. it's the same thing as making a seal out of or making a talisman out of metal that you forge or if you got to get it done you go down and get you some Reynolds wrap and you can make yourself one that way too mm-hmm. right I'm like I almost said what you put between it never mind I'm going to be responsible for that but um, but but it's the truth I mean it's really like you know you can you can use 
you, the finger pointing at the sun or the mm -hmm. sun, mm -hmm. you know, right. either way you're going to get some of the light. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, yep. I guess my real problem right now with trying to, def to answer your question about root work for in Detroit magic mm -hmm. is that so much of it has actually um, been disconnected through a couple of generations mm -hmm. recently. The internet... <laughs> <laughs> has kind of done us a double-edged service. Yeah. It's made information available. Mm -hmm. But it's also sort of decoupled it from its region. Well, that, but it's also let a lot of people who have no idea what exactly. they're talking about mm -hmm. teach. And have right. a platform. And, and I don't mind that per se, mm -hmm. to a point, because that gives me an opportunity to go on there and like, troll the It's like, oh, you're really going to put your blood inside that candle that you're doing to attack somebody. Okay, good luck with that. Come here. But um, <laughs> I want to watch. You know, let me know what happens. I got popcorn. I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. But we have people teaching who don't know what they're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have teachers who, because they haven't heard of a practice discrediting other people's practices saying they're disingenuous mm -hmm. and I have a problem with that yeah. Yeah. because that goes back to magical theory just because you're trained in a certain tradition or way doesn't mean it's the only way right. Right. I might be an MD I might be a doctor of osteopathy it's a different approach but I'm not going to do my, my scope of practice the same way that a nurse might and I'm not going to do my same my scope of practice the same way that someone who practices Chinese traditional medicine might mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to practice the same way that someone who does naturopathy might mm -hmm. right. even though that's a bastardization of terms but, anyway, <laughs> but, but you get what I'm saying yeah. It doesn't invalidate it. However, you have to be careful on where it's used, how it's used, what it's used, why it's used, and do you understand why they're using what they're using? Mm -hmm. And I think that we're so quick to Google a spell and Google a procedure right now and go on and look at a group on Facebook or some other social media and get five or six yes people saying that this is how it works. Then you go home, you do the spell. It might work right the first time. It might not work right the second time. And you don't know why. And before you do it, you should know why. Right. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Or you just go to the shop and have them burn it for you. Right. <laughs> Pay them a dollar. They'll burn the candle for you. So... Uh, two other things I want to discuss with you. One is I know you have your own coven branch, uh, coven's wrong word, so your own branch of magic, correct? Okay. Dark moon. Tradition. Okay. So tradition. Here's, here's, tradition. Here's, That'd be a good word. Here's the thing. Okay. I'm initiated in a coven. Okay. My status in the coven right now, I can say that I attained third degree because that was bestowed upon me by my priestess. It is not my coven because I did not found it. And right now, I'm probably more so on a leave of absence, if not just I'm retired or whatever you want to call that. Okay. But it doesn't take away my degrees. Right. Black Moon came about because I do things my own way. Mm hmm So my HPS at the time was like, well, here, why don't you do this? I'll help you on your journey to do this. But why don't you do this? Why don't you make your own coven? Well, I'm not really comfortable making a coven because that's not what I want to do. That's not, that's not me. Right. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a grove. That's why I have the Black Moon Grove. Okay. I have Black Moon tradition that the grove is based on, and there's Black Moon Coven that's part of Black Moon tradition, and there's only a couple of people in that that I trust, but it's not open. It's not an open coven. Gotcha. So I can't really say that it's an open coven and a living open tradition because it's closed. Right. You teach a certain kind of magic, and that's the magic that I have learned. Right. Well, what does this mean? 
this does not mean that I went back and, and, and channeled the gods and the god or whatever and decided this is what's, you know, this is on high and this is, no. I, I took what I've learned in my travels. I've taken what I have found to be true or found out to be true. And I've also integrated a certain amount of scholarship because in the Grove, I encourage you to research as much as possible. I'm not abusing the people like I used to abuse the first Grove because that's just not right. But, um, <laughs> oh, Bob, excuse me for a second. Seekers of the Black Moon Grove First Class, also known as the Griffins, you are 2,385 days overdue in your first homework. <laughs> some of you, some of you, some of you are, some of you, and you know who you are. <laughs> I want my homework out there. <laughs> I'm looking for my milkweed. All right, but um, one of the things that was important to me in the way that I practice, when I do practice, and you know, that's until somebody gives me another potluck and I switch faith again, is that you have to go outside and you have to pick the plants up. Yeah. Right. And you have to find out what they do and how they feel and everything else. Yep. That's one of the things. The second thing is, you're not going to just learn this from me and you're not going to just learn Black Moon. In order for you to be able to pass through this, you're going to study what you can that's available. British traditional Wicca. Mm -hmm. Put that what you can mm -hmm. get to. I'm not saying if I can't get to anything else or not because that's not relevant here. You're going to study ceremonial magic. You're going to study the art of the traitor or traitor down in um, Louisiana, because mm -hmm. I always say it wrong. So that only can pass from woman to man or man to woman. Mm -hmm. And that's that uh, healing tradition. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Nope. Where they can speak the they can speak the healing. I'm mm. passingly familiar with it. Mm. Right. But the problem is is that once they pass it, they lose it. Mm. Okay. So it's like oh, they, they, they pass it on to someone else. Right. So they can't they can't do it anymore once they pass it. Mm. You have to study about that. You have to study about all the weird little things, and I said weird for a reason, and I meant weird in the traditional way, that make this wonderful, t this not even tapestry, this array that is magic. Because I want you to see if, one, this is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Two, I need you to know that there's other ways of looking at things. Mm -hmm. I don't want carbon cut it, copy people. I don't want people that are not leaders. I don't want people that don't think for themselves. I don't need that in my life. If that's what you want, go over here. There's lots of people who will be willing to think for you and tell you what you need to read at what time. No, I'm going to point you in a direction, give you music to listen to, give you videos to do, so you can chase your own rabbits and find out what happens you know you also have to learn magical herbalism you need to learn um there's a couple of people from overseas that are not even english i'm talking about another continent mm -hmm. you have to learn about these things so it's almost like a liberal arts course mm -hmm. for magic when you're messing with me and once you're at the end you're like this is just way too much you make <laughs> it to the other side and basically you go back and you find out well, what i thought i was doing in the first place is what i'm doing exactly it's <laughs> the whole point but and, and this is where you, your your podcast is going to jump up to that rating of R. So <laughs> so when they start, it's the same speech every time because I think I'm in Grove number four or five, um, official for officially four, but actually five. There's this wonderful movie called Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Samuel Jackson plays this wonderful character. He drops his wallet on the floor during the bank robbery or robbery of a restaurant, and it has a beautiful phrase on it. And I tell them that by the end of the grove, and this is about my tradition, if you drop your wallet in a, a public magical setting in general, if you need to tell someone, could you hand me my wallet? And they say, which one? You should be able to say the one that says bad motherfucker on it. Because you may not know everything about it. 
You may not know what they said in the Noki. You may not know why the sand is drawn the way it is. You may not know why there's three knives instead of two or five knives. You may not know. But you know enough to recognize what tradition it may be, where it may have come from. If the person's pulling your leg or blowing smoke up your dress or skirt or pant leg or whatever (laughs) you may be wearing at that time or goat leggings. But you'll know if this person's genuine or not. Mm -hmm. You'll know if what's happening is ritual drama, an advanced episode of (laughs) D&D, or is actually siphoning energy off people under the guise of leadership. You will know by just being in the room enough to protect yourself, to protect other people, and if need be, to call them out publicly. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you didn't because there's there's about twenty people from the Grove at this convention, <laughs> and you would ever you never know, you'd never know them because they're not going to say anything. Right. Openly, but they will come back and they'll address their concerns possibly, and they may come into the teacher and say, um, "Hi, how you doing? It's good to see you. Um, just had a question. Um, you did such and such in this ritual, and I was wondering why." you did what you did and then they make a mark in their mind of don't send people to that person or this person did it I didn't know why they did it but now I understand the the, the reasoning behind mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. you'll be able to evaluate teachers you'll be able to assess the danger level and depending on the six paths that you are able to go through on the second level of the, of the grove depending on your function you will be able to take it over if they're out of pocket gotcha and that's that's the main thing I want you to be able to do. If somebody's hurting somebody or out of pocket, you need to go in there. I don't care, jack their shit. I really don't. Because sometimes, sometimes you need to you need to stop it. You need to do an intervention, and it doesn't have to be loud. I mean, honestly, my my one of my summoners, I'm never going to mention who they are, can go in there and they can put a circle inside your circle to shut you down <laughs> just by standing there because they know what to do. Right. Our, our power areas in our bodies are, are differently they're configured differently the way to access them um the colors mean different things it's a whole i guess it really is a whole system because i'm not following the path that other people led i'm following what i know this works and i'm going to modify it this way. right mm-hmm. so do you offer online classes as part of that well absolutely not i don't trust anybody i mean the first thing that's going to happen is if somebody's going to wind up doing something they're going to hurt okay. somebody it's going to be my fault mm-hmm. but, so but so the but only trying to get me to Okay. I offer spell classes online all day. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So if any of our listeners are interested, they can, how can they find you? If they can find you. I have an alibi, and I have witnesses I can pay in Los Angeles. Um, and, no. Okay. I do run a grove right now. There is a grove running actually right now. We're in, like in the first half of our year. Okay. And um, I do that at the Motown Witch in Detroit on James Cousin. And I'm doing it. And I said I would never do it. And I say it every time. I'm never going to do it again. So, of course, I'm doing it. And uh, because they, those things that talk to me won't leave me alone. But that's what I'm doing right now. I okay. do the second Saturday of every month at the Motown Witch. Okay. So you can find me there. For the people who have descent from the African-American enslaved captive diaspora in this area, I do the, I help facilitate the discussion at the Motown Witch on the third Saturday of the month for the Real Black Witches of Detroit. I teach a con. Do teach a con. No, nobody just run that festival. I teach. No, I run that festival. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me think. 
I'm supposed to be at Witchfest in July, so if everything comes together, I will be in New York City, okay. which I'm afraid of because the only thing I know about New York is warriors and taxi driver and escape from New York, and that's about it. <laughs> so I'm not really... It's not that bad. I've been there many, many now, times. Now, the only thing you have to really learn from the one time I was there is when to cross at the crosswalk and then you can just sort of trust the crowd to know when it's time to go. See, yeah. and, and it doesn't have to be when the light actually no, changes. No, abso- it has absolutely nothing to do with the light. Just follow the crowd. Scoff laws! Yeah, <laughs> yep. They, yep. they know what's up. But um, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm kind of intimidated by the whole thing. But I heard their rats are huge, so that's kind of like Detroit on the east side. So their rats are the same size. <laughs> yep. So I'm not worried about that. But I keep being told that the worst parts of New York are not as bad as the parts of Detroit that my husband knows I'm around. When I go out sometimes to see my friends, and I'm like, you know what, y'all gonna raise up off my city because Detroit is a wonderful area, and what they call burned out areas is actually the, the city reclaiming itself as it's, prairie. Yeah. So they need to let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, nobody told you to go in that house. I don't go ghost hunting. I don't go crackhead hunting. So don't go. <laughs> don't go blight hunting. You right. Know, that's what I say. Yep. Exactly. And also, if you see, I want to say this to the people who have just moved to Detroit, and this has to do with Detroit magic specifically. If you have just moved to Detroit or into the metropolitan area, and you are walking around or you're driving around in the evening, and you see people moving furtively at night but they don't look like they're you know we have gangs you know because police don't get to do what they used to do so we have gangs now but if you see people moving around furtively at night maybe with a package or whatever Mm -hmm. they are not always up to no good nine times out of ten they're not which you're probably witnessing as a magical operation. Don't make the assumption that somebody's always up to no good. I'd say it might not be a curse, but don't make the assumption <laughs> they're always up to no good, especially if you're on um, an intersection and it's really dark mm-hmm. and they're walking around and they might have a paper bag. That paper bag probably does not have alcohol in it. That bag may have something else in it. Right. Or if it does have alcohol, it's birds. Not nobody's gonna drink it. Right. right. Not always. Yeah. <laughs> not always. And you'll notice people often beg outside of magic shops in Detroit. It's tradition. Get, have something for a beggar, even if it's a dime. Huh. Do not turn them down. I will tell you why. Because sometimes they're not beggars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, sometimes it's a test. Yeah. And and I, we don't tell that to everybody. But sometimes it's a test. Don't mess up and not give that person something. Never know when the old man is the old man. Yep. Right? That plus um, sometimes there's some people who are this the other side of it. Sometimes there are people who are tasked to go out and practice curse work. Mm-hmm. And they need someone to practice on. Uh-huh. You don't need that person. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to discuss was the witch's ball. Oh, yes, the Michigan Witches Ball yep. happens on October 19th at 8201 East 13 Mile in Warren, Michigan at the Royalty House Banquet Hall. And that starts at 7 p.m. and ends at 1 a.m. in the morning. We have a discounted rate for people who want to go and take the shuttle to the hotel. You can book your hotel at a discounted rate at the Best Western in Warren off Van Dyke Avenue. In addition to this, in the morning from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m., you can go to the Midwest Witches Bazaar and Conjure Fair, where you can <laughs> Shop your heart out, get swag bags, and interact with wonderful vendors and artisans that create spiritual, magical, and unique items, as well as some other sellers who have chain items that you may not be able to find in other places. Nice pattern. Yeah. <laughs> I did door-to-door sales. <laughs> but, but also, uh, it is being hosted by the Detroit Conjured Folk Magic Festival, which, for those familiar, has been running for two years. This would be its third year. However, I have moved it from the summertime 
to October because it's not physically or mentally possible logistically for me to run a first time running the Michigan Witches Ball event and, and run the Conjure Fair mm-hmm. and Conjure Festival at the same time yep. of the year or the same year. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're together. So at this time, the current plan is to have the actual Detroit Conjuring Folk Magic Festival running in the third room of the Michigan Witches Bazaar, which is the part of the ballroom in that evening's ball. Gotcha. However, in the event that I am burdened with so many vendors and they pressure me, uh-huh. that plan may change because they're kind of chomping at the bit a little bit. I'm trying to manage it and not let people get too many tables. Right. But if it gets to where it's like um, I'm causing an issue, we may compromise some of that room, but I'd rather not. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not. So it's a little up in the air right now. It's, it's up in the air because... I'm trying my best to keep it as low as possible as far as I don't want to encroach on that space. Mm-hmm. I would like to continue to offer quality content and programming mm-hmm. for the Conjuring Folk Magic community in Michigan that may or may not be able to attend or find their their niche in the wonderful events that also happen during the summer here in the festival season in Southeast Michigan and Metro Detroit Pagan Community, which include Michigan Pagan Fest, the Pagan Spring Formal, as well as Detroit Pagan Pride. Yep. Not to be confused with Pagan Pride Detroit Inc., of which I am the president at this time. (laughs) (laughs) But we are currently not active. But we did, we did, uh, we broadcast live last year from from Conjure. Uh, on Facebook and had a great time. It's where we found out about that wonderful energy drink called Uptime. Oh, yes, we donated some of those here, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh, that stuff is so good. Yeah. We, we're somewhat addicted and can't find it easily. Yep. So, Oh, I know where it is. It's um, just, they have it in the little stores, like in Shopper's Market. Oh, okay. they carry it. They carry the, the black one as well as the white one. We might have to get some. Yeah. We've got to find it. we got to find it. So, Kenya, thank you so much for being with us. We love you dearly. So, Thank you for for having me. Um, I'll leave you with one thing, if if you don't mind. Sure. Go for it. Here's something I recommend for people to do if they're in Detroit at all. I recommend for you to sit down and look on your computer and, and actually do something I like to call the voodoo crawl. And find at least three to four shops that sell candles or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there's some in Mexican town, so if you're bilingual, you'll be able to find them as well. And make a day of it if you're visiting and just do the hoodoo crawl. Not only will you find some wonderful shops, and I'm not endorsing one over the other, but you'll also find that Detroit has different pockets of culture and magic. And if you stand there and listen, you will pick up spell work and learn the difference between it. Hmm. That's very cool. That's very cool. That's very cool. We're going to have to do that, honey. Yep. Just so you know. Sometime. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kenya. You're welcome. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.